most original Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Owen Jensen, EWTN News Nightly White House Correspondent. I love going to work every day, day in and day out, asking the questions that matter most to our EWTN audience. We bring it to you through a Catholic perspective, and I'm going to keep doing it day after day. This is Prudence Robertson. As host of EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to report on life from a Catholic perspective. Our church faces major crises today, some of the greatest in American history, and abortion is the greatest human rights abuse of our day. On this show, we'll be speaking the truth in love, and I hope and pray that our programming will be a beacon of light in a world that needs it now more than ever. Get trusted Catholic news every day on EWTN television and radio. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. All right, let's answer your question and give you some good news. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say that. I'm on her side, and I don't know exactly what her side is. I think you're totally spot on with that. I sound inept just to help you out. It's been a rough week, thanks to your advice. Are you a regular listener to this program? As much as I can be. There's your problem. I would not ever disagree with you because you're so smart. You have a lot of answers to a lot of things. You don't want to listen to me on the radio. So what do I do? I can't give you any direction. Thank you for empowering me. I needed that. I'm losing you, buddy. I don't know what you're trying to say. Well, uh, do you know somebody who does? Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. When I was in college, I had a linguistics professor who said that is the it is the human ability to use language that separates us from the other species on the planet that makes us the dominant species that may be but i think as an owner of uh, a dog there is one other thing that separates us from the brute animals i am not afraid of a vacuum cleaner well, I am, sort of. I avoid it, but I'm not afraid of it. I haven't bitten it for quite a while. Good to have you with me. This is The Doctor is in the Monday version, E-Person Monday, where we look back. Well, we. You don't. I do. I look back over your communications, your missives. Ooh, I can't say that, can I? Miz, missives? Yeah, missives, M-S. No, M-I-S-S. Can't say that. Your missives that come in through my website at drray.com. Uh, some of them come from the radio program. Some of them come from the TV program, Living Right with Dr. Ray. Look through them. Try to respond to every single one in some way, however brief. Many of them are asking about a book referral, a therapist referral. Some of them can can be answered in a sentence or two because I get so many. But those of the proper length... The uh, proper length is is important because you have to be able to address it in a way on E-Person Monday. If it's too long, you can't. And if it's too short, you can't. So it's roughly an ideal length of maybe 100 to 300 words, somewhere in, in that range. So we'll get to those momentarily. It's occurred to me that there are certain statements that we all make that 
need unpacking. What do I mean by that? I'll give you the statement, then we'll try to unpack it a little bit. That really hurt me. She hurt me by saying that. What he does really hurts me. The common word there is hurt. And you think, well, okay, what, what, what are you getting at, Ray? What's, what's your point here? Well, if we assume that hurt does not mean physical hurt. I didn't get punched. You can get pushed and you kicked. But it's some type of word, statement, verbal assault, thoughtlessness, whatever, whatever it is. And we label it. It's hurtful. It's hurtful. I guess the question has to be asked, what makes something hurtful? For example... If this is a person that you could care less about, wait a minute, you could care less? No, you couldn't care less. That's a better way to put it. That's the right way to put it. You couldn't care less about what they think of you because you've just decided I don't give their opinions or their perspective much credibility at all. And they said something that if it were to be said by someone you care about or someone that you like the exact same sentence wouldn't hurt you so it isn't so much the the context the content of what is said that hurts it's the interpretation you give it in one instance you look at the person who said it, and you say, I don't give them any credibility. I don't trust their opinion. I don't really care what they think. It doesn't matter to me. So you're not hurt. You give it little more thought. But let's say that it's someone that you think shouldn't have said it. Someone that you think you could trust more to be aware of your feelings. So they, they say something or they do something, and you say, that really hurt me. How do I, how do I, or the, the more impactful statement, how do I get over my hurt? Because people carry hurts with them for years. And those hurts result in all kinds of behavior that, uh, well, I don't think our Lord would be pleased with it. I haven't talked to my brother for seven years. Why? Well, because of what he did seven years ago, and that really hurt me. Whoa. Whoa, our Lord Jesus says you can't do that on that basis anyway. So what what is it? What what makes something hurt? I submit to you that in large part it is the interpretation we give to it. In and of itself, it may be a nasty thing to say. In and of itself, it could be an opinionated thing to say, a critical thing to say, negative thing to say, unfair thing to say. could be all those. But to make it hurt, we have to do something. For example, I may have to say, 
Why would they say that to me? I'd never do that to them. How can they think that? I'm not like that. What what kind of what kind of opinion is that? I didn't even ask for that opinion. Why are they telling me that about me? I don't think that's right. So what happens is we take that hurtful statement and we make it more hurtful or less hurtful on the basis of how we interpret it. I'll give you a small example. Let's say that you have somebody in your life that that is more capable of saying things that you've labeled hurtful. And they do it a lot. I mean, this is, this is not a one-time deal. This is somebody that you could probably pull up your Rolodex. If you're old like me, you have a Rolodex. You don't have it all stored on your phone. And find 12, 15, 20, 22 instances of, quote-unquote, hurtful statements, opinions, comments, snipes. You recognize that, for example, that, that this, this, these, these kinds of assaults, if you want to label them that, I, I don't like using the word assault, mostly with verbs. I, the, the, an assault to me is still physical, okay? It's a verbal assault. I don't think it's a verbal assault. It's just verbal nastiness. And you look at this and you think, this person is really an insecure individual. This person is hurting in life. This person is emotionally distressed. This person is incredibly unhappy with who they are, with how their life has gone. And you interpret their quote-unquote hurtful comment in that context. Will it be less or more hurtful? It'll be less. Because you're recognizing where it's coming from. So the very same remark, same tone, same words, same length, same context, will be interpreted differently depending upon how you understand it. Let's say that you have a relative, mother, mother-in-law, father, father-in-law, brother, sister, in-law, somebody, who, who comments about your parenting. And the comments have an undertone of you're not very good or you're messing up your kid by the way you're protecting them from the culture or by not allowing them to go with the flow of the cultural demands and you're messing your kid up or you're a homeschooling parent and you're getting grief from your relatives and it's not a grief because they disagree with you homeschooling it's grief because they think you're ruining your daughter or son whom you love very very much and you say to yourself that's very hurtful I can't believe that's so hurtful what if you said it's not hurtful it's ridiculous No, you don't have to say it out loud I'm not advising you to do that but if you interpreted it that way, that's ridiculous. First of all, they, they don't really have any business telling me how to raise my kid. Secondly, they know nothing about homeschooling and its positive effects. Thirdly, they know nothing about the goals I want for my children because they don't listen. So what they're saying is absolutely ridiculous. Will it still have the same power to hurt you? To be hurt, you really have to personalize it. You have to say, they're doing this to me, they're saying this to me, and I don't deserve that. I'm not that kind of person. 
That's not my motive. That's not what I think. It's accusations. It's hurtful. It can only be hurtful if you take it and say to yourself, I don't deserve that. Well, you may not deserve it, but they said it. (laughs) You can't stop somebody from saying something, whether you deserve it or whether you don't. So I guess when we say, I was so hurt, ask yourself, what was I thinking about that remark, that action, that made me so hurt? The action in and of itself isn't automatically hurtful. It's how we digest it, how we look at it. Somebody sends me an email says, I think you're the absolute worst host on Catholic radio. Not that I've gotten that, of course. You understand that. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Now, am I going to be hurt by that? I don't know why they said it. I don't know what their thinking is about all this. I don't know what they would like in a host. I don't know what it is about me that uh, says that, but am I going to be here? But I'll t- I'll tell you, every host will get negative feedback. There's no way you can be on the air and not get negative feedback, and sometimes it's very hostile negative feedback. But as time goes on, you realize that's the reality. There will be those people who do not like what you said. They do not like the way you put it. They don't like your personality. Whatever it is. Now, some of them will just stop listening to you. Others will feel compelled to tell you what's wrong with you. Okay. All right. Now, I have to confess that that most hosts, that, that hurts them less and less because they recognize the reality of people doing that. So it isn't as hurtful as it might have once been because they now interpret it in a different way, which is there will always be those people who don't agree with the way you do things, or the way you say things, they, they will. Now, this is not to say that you don't assess something as being legitimate, because you do, that's how you grow. But if you decide it's just purely a, purely a personal attack, then it loses its power to hurt you. It was meant to hurt you, but it had no power to hurt you. You are the main determiner of what hurts and what doesn't. I'm Dr. Ray. If you have any problems, talk to me and I will help you. Dr. Ray has more great advice soon. Don't go anywhere. Did you know Franciscan University of Steubenville offers a Master's of Arts in Catholic Studies? Our unique program offers courses from many academic disciplines. Literature, biology, art, theology, psychology, all taught from a distinctly Catholic perspective. This 100% online program can be completed in just one year. Learn to see the world through a Catholic lens with a Master's in Catholic Studies from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Find out more at franciscan.edu slash mcs. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I come from the other side of the tracks, see? My uncle used to have slot machines. Put one nickel in and it's emptied. Boom. And I brought him home in a bag and my mother looked at me. Where did you get all that money? I said, I won him. You didn't win them. He fixed the machine. I didn't care if he fixed the machine or not, you know? EWTN. 
Live Truth. Live Catholic. Ciao, amici. Hello, friends. Teresa Tamio here with some great and breaking news. We still have a few seats left for our very special Tease Italy premier pilgrimage, La Dolce Fide, coming up this November 6th to the 14th. It's a trip of a lifetime with seven nights in Italy, including extended stays in Assisi, Orvieto, and Rome, and special stops in several breathtaking hill towns of Umbria and Lazio. It's a very special pilgrimage, but only a few seats left. So call now, 800-727-1999. Again, 800-727-1999. By September 6th, or go to the AveMariaRadio.net travel page. This sale ends on Labor Day. We don't want you to miss out. So we'll see you, hopefully, in Italy. Ciao. reached the point, and I don't think this will have implications for me doing this program, but I have finally reached the point where I have enough money to last me for the rest of my life, unless I want to buy something. I think that's the only condition that would enter in. Good to have you with me, Dr. Ray Garendi. Program doctor is in version E-Person Monday. So let us get right to it. Uh, One of the things that has happened, I don't know if you'd call it psycholinguistics. Psychology has such an influence on our society, for better or worse, that the language of psychology, the language of diagnoses, the language of personality traits are used outside of a clinical setting. They get their birth. In a clinical setting, they get their birth through some type of official diagnostic label. And then the culture grabs onto them. They spread like wildfire and are pretty much used in everyday vocabulary. Dr. Ray, I am not sure if you are familiar with narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder. Well, I would think I am. (laughs) But my mother is a covert narcissist. Now, I am not familiar with covert narcissist. I don't know what that means. I think she means kind of a subtle, manipulative individual who's self-centered. My husband and I have... Almost a one-year-old little girl. My mother has lived eight hours from us, but is now planning to move right by us. I don't know what right by us means, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it's close enough to be integrally involved. I want my daughter to have her grandma in my life. In, I'm sorry, in her life. But I'm worried she will do to her what she did to me. Now, we got to see what all that means. It's going to be hard to see what it all means in a brief e-person. It is hard for me to have a relationship with my mother. How can my daughter have one with her when I don't? Oh, that's easy enough here, Mom. 
First of all, your relationship with your mother is many, many, many years in the making. You are an adult. She is an adult. You have the ability to interact and interpret your mother's behavior in all kinds of sophisticated ways. Your little daughter is one year old. There is no parallel there whatsoever. Unless you're afraid that your mother will not in any way respect your childering wishes. Now, that's a different ballgame. You didn't imply that. You just simply said, I have a bad relationship with my mother, and therefore my mother's going to have a bad relationship, similar, parallel, with my daughter. Well, first of all, she's a grandmother now, and she may respond to her grandchild much differently than she responds to her child. You know this. This is kind of the stereotype of the grandparent, as one comedian said. These are not the same people who raised us. Aliens have absconded with their bodies. Okay. She first, Well, first of all, you don't even have to worry about this for the next couple, three years if you're worried about a relationship kind of thing. Secondly... You didn't have an adult in your life, I mean, I'm going to assume that your dad didn't, that mitigated your mother's impact. Well, you're there for your little girl. You're there to observe. You're there to see things. You're there to watch. You're there to see if, in fact, your mother plays with her head. You're there. And you can supervise to the degree you want to supervise. Our writer goes on. I have held on to the hope for years that my mom will change. Well, people really don't change their personalities unless they recognize that their personality needs changing and they put a whole lot of effort into doing it. And even when they put a whole lot of effort into doing it, it's a two steps forward, one step back process that goes on your whole life. That's the reality of it all. Anybody doesn't believe that. Those of you who go to confession, you've been going to confession for 40 years, you're probably still saying the same sins you did. Why? It's been 40 years. You should be way past those sins if you if you had improved by now. Why are you still doing it? Right. It takes a long time. My mother lashes out. She makes me feel bad for stuff she's responsible for. She's manipulative. She uses a silent treatment when you disagree with her. She only talks about herself. She interrupts. I could go on and on, Dr. Abel. What do I do? Cut her off for good? Now, that's that's extreme. That's extreme. That's your mom. Okay? If everything you say is true to the degree you say it's true, then she sounds pretty difficult. But, you don't, as I said in my opening monologue, you don't have to allow her conduct to, to, to upset you as much as it does when it upsets you like that you're really saying she shouldn't be this way this is not how a mother should be this is not how she should act i don't deserve this this is wrong yeah well all that all that may be percolating in your head but all it does is it creates upset and misery for you because your mother is like that that's what she does it sh- it should be losing power to upset you it really should you've known that for a long time she's capable of that then you asked should i hope she treats my daughter her granddaughter differently well she will because it's a kid and there's a certain amount of that that's going to happen if it doesn't as your daughter gets older six seven eight nine a couple things are going to happen i think one because your mother is not the main caretaker 
of your daughter as she was with you, your daughter has you in her life. And grandma is a presence, but she's not the main presence. So what whatever she does that is difficult in your daughter's eyes, first of all, you're there to help out, and second of all, your daughter could recognize it. And third of all, she may not do that with, with her granddaughter because that's a different relationship. I don't know. Okay, You're just assuming that her personality as it manifests itself with you, is going to manifest itself in the same way with your daughter. You don't know that. That's like saying, I have a friend that I can't get along with at all, but I don't understand it because he's got three other people that really like him. That's right. Because personalities interact with other personalities in very, very different ways. There are some people who probably just think you are the best person to walk the face of the earth, and there's probably other people who think, I don't like that about her. So, I guess to sum it up, chances are, first of all, your daughter's very little, so this is not even going to come into play for the next two or three or four years. It's also a different relationship, and you're there. When you were a little girl and you had those problems with your mother, okay, you didn't have another adult there. Maybe your dad did, I don't know, to make a difference on that. But you're there now. And you can just watch the relationship unfold. And you can make the correction. In a Facebook world, we can multiply virtual friends, and yet psychologists and sociologists tell us we have fewer and fewer actual friends. This is not good. We're made for friendship. Friendship with God, first of all, but secondarily, friendship with other human beings. Jesus calls his apostles friends. And when he faces his greatest suffering, he asks his inner circle of friends to come and pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane. They come, but they fall asleep. Jesus isn't crushed when his friends fail to live up to his expectations. He doesn't withhold his love from them. He doesn't cast them away. Nor does he suffer their neglect silently. He confronts them. Couldn't you have prayed with me for an hour? Then he moves on to do the will of his Father in heaven. When friends let us down, as they will, we should follow the example of Jesus, lovingly confront them, but remember that they can never substitute for God, who stands ready as our ultimate friend. Cresta in the Afternoon weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. How can we regard John the Baptist? In a sense, John the Baptist is the mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit even before his birth when Elizabeth reported to Mary that the babe in her womb leaped for joy as Mary arrived pregnant with Jesus to visit and assist her cousin. John the Baptist was the Elijah promised to come before the arrival of the Messiah. He also completes the cycle of prophets that began with Elijah. In John, the Catholic Catechism tells us, the Holy Spirit begins the restoration of man to the divine holiness, prefiguring what he would achieve with and through Christ. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Please visit us at our website, www.maltausa.org. 
Carlos Jobim sound there. Dr. Ray Garini, program here, Doctor is in. E-Person Monday. Dr. Ray, my husband and I have a contract on a house that has a pool. We've never thought we'd own a pool. Due to having little kids in our home, the maintenance, and the immodesty that can come along with it. We've discussed ways to keep our little kids safe, so the decision has been an easier one for us to make. We have our children wear swim shirts and bottoms. Skirts for the girls, swim trunks for the boys. This is out of our desire to keep modesty and also to cut back on sunscreen. My family's very fair-skinned, and that can be expensive, she says. So our question is, we've considered having a rule that we ask our guests to also abide by. Our dress code, if you will. We'd like to keep our kids, especially our boys, from seeing things that could cause temptations of the eyes. Thoughts? Well, my thought is, you have every right to put whatever rules you want about your pool. If you, if you want to have a right that nobody else swims there other than your kids, that, that, I mean, if you want to have a rule, that's your decision. You can let it be known that this is the proper dress, and you will essentially... Well, two things I think will happen here, Mom. One, some people will just simply not come. That's the way it's going to be. That you will have uh, young people just avoid you. That's that's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. That's that's what happens with those religious people. Okay, I don't even have something to wear like that. So that in and of itself will probably take care of some of the potential immodesty. And then, probably the more difficult aspect of it, are you prepared to basically be critiqued, uh, essentially put down, if you will, because that's how you view it. You're so 1890s. Oh, you want the girls to dress with those flowered pantaloons that they wear, huh? One-piece suits for the boys that stretch from their neck to their ankles. I mean, that's going to happen to you, okay? So if you're ready for that, God bless you. Go for it. You have every right. But in keeping with my manologue today, I might say that don't be hurt (laughs) by what they say. I would suspect that probably only a minority and maybe a small one would think, well, it's their pool. They have every right to make whatever dress code they wish. I wouldn't do that dress code, but they do. Okay. If I want to use their pool, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Unfortunately, I wouldn't guess that's going to happen. Unless you hang with a circle that thinks very, very much like you do. And to tell you the truth of all the people that I know who have swimming pools, I really don't know of anyone who has a dress code other than you can't wear something really extreme. 
as far as quote unquote modern swim fashion, they don't stop anyone. Now, of course, you are not like that. And that's your right. So, those are my thoughts. Ooh, this is a good one. This past year, we got a dog. Thinking that our seven children, ages 2 to 11, would learn a new kind of responsibility, caring for her. We got her for reasons of protection. She's a Doberman. Very smart and very strong. The kids love her, and she, in turn, loves them. She loves me way, and there's a lot of ways, capital way with a whole bunch of Y's, too much. She jumps up on me, nearly knocking me over, licks me in the face and on my glasses. My wife has about had it with her, as she has destroyed our screen door, jumping on it, knocking our sliding glass door off the track, jumping on it, multiple pet beds, chewing all of them, holes in the yard, ripped a runner out of our trees twice that we would hook her up on. She gets chronic urinary tract infections, a lot of vet visits and medicine. Not to mention the cost of the dog food. One bag is over seventy dollars. How about how do we go about telling the kids we simply can't keep her anymore? That's not really the question, Dad. The question is, how do we go about telling the kids we simply can't keep her anymore that they will accept it without too much of an emotional reaction? That's really the question. Telling them you can't keep her anymore uh, can be simply what you just told me. <laughs> she's just, just Unfortunately, she's just way too difficult. Now, you didn't mention this. Is this a puppy? And by a puppy, I mean anything under about two, two and a half, three years old. But if it is, then there is that spunkiness, rambunctiousness that, that in fact, will, will temper as, as she gets older. Uh, we had two Rottweilers, both of whom were much more rambunctious when they were littler, and they just settled into being very nice family dogs. So, that's one thing to consider, okay? That this may be, this may be time-limited, if, in fact, you're saying, no, 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 she, she's four years old, and this is just her temperament, this is her personality, she is high-strung. Okay. You tell the kids. And you recognize that of your seven children, you're going to have a continuum of emotional reactions. The little ones you don't even have to worry about because they don't even know. But the older ones, you may get some, you may get some crying for a couple of days. You may get some looking at you going, yeah, she is kind of a pain. I really don't like her that much. So you'll have a wide variety of reactions, I think. But the, the common denominator is that this is a reality. Your children will get over it. They're not going to be scarred for life. It's a disappointment. It's a frustration. And it's something that didn't work out. Many things in life do not work out. And we tend to think in our society that when there is a certain amount of frustration or disappointment that there could be psychological ramifications and most of the time there are not much of the time actually the the frustration and the disappointment can be a good lesson especially if done in the context of a loving family and home and that's what you got here 
You just got a dog you miscalculated on. We we had a dog once. We had to get rid of her in terms of we gave her to a friend because she just forget it. This dog was just not real manageable. She was not person friendly. Sixty on ten with Monsignor Charles Pope. The ninth commandment: You shall not cover your neighbor's wife. We already discussed in the sixth commandment the problems of sexual sins themselves, but what the Lord is teaching here is rooted in the word covet. To covet means to inordinately or inappropriately desire something or someone, and in this case, the Lord is saying to us that we are in no way to covet, to look with lust at another person, particularly our neighbor's wife, but others in general, and that therefore all pornography and things like that have to go. All entertaining of lustful thoughts has to go, and God can help us by His grace to do that. And therefore, in this commandment, He summons us to take authority over our thought life and our sexual passions. The ninth commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. For more about the Ten Commandments, visit ewtnrc.com. Christ is the answer, with Father John Ricardo. You know, maybe we need to ask ourselves: Do we really know Jesus? Maybe another way to ask that would be: How familiar are you with the Gospels? When I was living in D.C., I was on the plane, taking a late flight home, sitting next to a young girl. She was probably 16, 17. I had my collar on, and we got talking. And she said,、um, somehow in the course of the conversation, she acknowledged that she was running away from home and was in the midst of、uh, an awful lot of difficulties that were going on. Her story seemed to be remarkably akin to the story of the prodigal son, which we just heard this past Sunday at mass, huh? And so I started to speak a little bit about that with her, and I said, "You sound a little bit like the younger son in the story of the prodigal son." And she looked at me like I was from Mars, and I said, "Are you not familiar with the story of the prodigal son?" And she says, "No, never heard it." And I just looked at her. And I says, "Oh my goodness, are you in for a wonderful evening?" Wow, <laughs> that wasn't the answer I wanted. Putting the common back in front of sense where it belongs. You don't even say common sense anymore. I say good sense. Common sense is getting less and less common. The Catholic journalist Malcolm Muggeridge is known for this statement: "We have educated ourselves into imbecility."、Right, there's a lot of truth in that. We really, but we we now, in all of our vaunted enlightenment,、uh, have lost、uh, a, a a solid footing on reality. I'm Dr. Ray Garendi. The program, E Person Monday, part of the Doctor is in 
co-production of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network as well as Ave Maria Radio Communications. This is the day we devote to going through some of the email that we get. My phone dropped my call to you today, Dr. Ray, so I am emailing instead. I want to get over, and she has get over in quotes, my anger, resentment, and feelings of insecurity with a friend. Now, I picked on this e-person because it dovetails with my opening monologue. I don't want to stop being friends with her, but I'm finding it difficult to spend time with her. Please help me get a better attitude. My friend and I are in our 60s. She has always been a bragger. She's the best at sports. Hey, no offense, but she can think she's the best at sports. You're in your 60s. You ain't the best at sports. Trust me on that one. Take it personally. My word. That ain't going to happen. So I don't know where she's coming from with this, but she can brag all she wants. But when you're in your 60s, you ain't the best at sports. We play pickable. She calls me on the way out of the court parking lot to complain about the other players not playing well. How they serve wrong and making bad calls. Nobody understands the game like she does. <laughs> she rose, rose meaning I guess actually in a, in a boat, with other friends. And according to her, she is the smartest one in the boat. And the only one who really understands the dynamics of rowing. Whoa. She's also an expert at running a business. She's never run a business. That's okay. We've got a lot of politicians like that. And has more knowledge than the board members that she serves with. She's on several boards. She's always asked to be on boards because she has an incredible amount of knowledge and a fantastic business sense. Well, at least she tells me this all of the time. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, well, you know, hey, if she does, that's at least one talent she has. But then, no, she's, she's telling you this is her talent. <laughs> Dr. Ray, do I sound jealous enough yet? I don't think you're jealous. I, I'm, I'm not getting the impression here that you're jealous. I'm getting the impression that it's kind of hard to take. While I probably do sound jealous... She does use those words, incredible, fantastic, etc. I'm assuming about herself. Behind their back, she calls people stupid, idiots, morons. She's very competitive, and I'm not so competitive. Okay, now this dovetails with her being the best player in the world at pickleball. She had a total hip replacement, so she can't play pickleball pickleball at least right now i felt bad that she's not able to play sports so i asked if she'd like to go with me to the senior center and learn to play bridge with me now i am kicking myself <laughs> at the first lesson she let me know that she understood the game and i did not Unfortunately, I really didn't understand what the instructor was telling me. She said then, oh, I can't wait to be your partner, as she saw me counting my cards with my fingers. <laughs> and there's a certain self-effacement to this E-person because she says, see how I have issues? <laughs> 
I am not quick, not smart, but I do work as a nurse. Well, wait a minute. You you are quick and smart. If you can if you can work with life and death situations with people, I'll tell you what. In your world, you're one whale of a lot smarter than pretty much everybody. I do not want to be an insecure, immature, older adult. I want to handle this with grace and courtesy, but I'm not courtesy. I'm not sure how to do that. And now here's what the shrinks would say is a an authentic interpretation, but I don't know how accurate it is. She says, I feel like I'm trying to blame her for my lack of confidence. Well, you know, I don't know if you lack confidence or not in some of these areas, and I don't see how it really matters. Because what does it matter how good you are at pickleball? What does it matter how good you are at running a business? What does it matter how good you are at bridge? How does that matter? And I'm going to assume that you're writing me a letter because you either saw the TV show or you heard something on the radio. Well, it is on the radio. You said my phone dropped, so I email. Um, <clears throat> therefore, I'm going to assume that your faith means a fair amount to you. So that's really all that matters. So there's no reason to lack confidence when the Lord has given you the grace and the wisdom to understand and believe in him. That's huge. That's an infinite gift beyond comprehension. has nothing to do with your skill at anything. So I don't know if it's a lack of confidence. I think that you personally are responding like the vast majority of people will respond. We are put off by bragging. We don't like it. Whether it's overt, like it sounds like she is, if, <laughs> if, if you're not exaggerating, she's talking about how great she is at everything, or covert, name-dropping, subtle signs of how holy I am, whatever. People don't like it. It turns them off. Why? I think it's because of what you wrestle with which is, this is a reflection on me. She thinks she's superior to me. Or, I'm not as good as she is at that. Matter of fact, I'm not as good as anybody is at that. So, bragging has a special, deleterious effect on our psyche because we interpret it as either a put-down of us or a comment on our inability or someone's view that they're superior? We don't like any of that. So how do you deal with it? Well, I think there's two ways. One, if this is the nature of your relationship, there's nothing written that you have to have an ongoing, semi-everyday relationship with her. Why? You're, you're not being a bad Christian. If you say, I don't relate well to a certain person, so therefore, I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time about him, but I don't want to write him off, but I don't want to spend a whole lot of time around him. That, that you're allowed to do. We all do that. There's all kinds of people we choose to spend more time around than others. That's one. The other is this. Who cares that she brags? Let her brag all she wants. 
That's no reflection on you. And even if she thinks it is, it's not. She can think what she wants. But here's one other thing you might want to consider. You know how you said you're trying to blame her for your lack of confidence? I'm going to say something here that's probably going to shock you. I believe that she has a lot less confidence than you do. She's more insecure than you are. Why? Well, that's obvious. She has to keep reiterating how great she is. There is a perfect inverse relationship to all this. The more I have to tell you how wonderful I am, the more I have to make sure you hear my talents, my abilities, my skills, all of that. Make sure you don't forget it. The less secure I am in myself and in whatever skills I have and whatever liabilities I have. It's that straightforward and inverse relationship. So, dear lady, you can be around her all you want, but there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't want to be around her quite as much. It's just not the way I want to spend my time. And then when you are around her, you just sort of let her bragging go in one ear and out the other. Who cares that she's bragging like that? So what? I had ball players that were like that. We'd go out afterwards, and daggone it, I'd have to hear them talk about how good they were and what they did and what they didn't do. And it was old. And I got to the point where I just sort of let their conversation go in one ear and out the other. So just don't play softball with her. I'm Dr. Ray. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. The Centers for Disease Control. All of a sudden, the director is coming out and saying they had horrible communication, bad messaging, very confusing. Duh. That happened from the get-go. Where were the media in asking the questions when they were contradicting themselves in the medical community constantly? Regardless of how one feels about the vaccine, I'm not getting into that, but what I'm saying is the reporters didn't ask the proper questions or look at the obvious contradictions in terms of you can wear a mask here, but you can't wear a mask here, or not following up on the politicians who ignored all the rules and said they were above it and didn't do anything. And this is what happens with the press. If they're not doing their job, it causes real problems and can affect people's health, people's lives, and a lot more. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, 
Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Ray Gurendi, the program The Doctor is in. TV show Living Right with Dr. Ray now soon to be entering its 11th season on the EWTN Global Catholic Television Network. Airtimes Friday, no, Saturday, Ray, to know when your own program is aired. Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern and Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, just time for one real quick e-person. My daughter in the eighth grade pleads for a new piece of clothing nearly every other day. I understand this partly is her age talking, and I do, I do like to see her dress well. However, I simply can't afford to meet her tastes. Nor would I want to if I could. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that, Mom, because I was going to say if not affording it is your only reason, uh, no, I think you would be wise to say I'm going to put limits on it even if I could afford it. How can I make her understand my limits? Uh, I don't know. Because you've tried, I'm sure. If you're saying that she's asked you every other day, then I'm sure you've discussed this multiple, 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 multiple times. And she doesn't agree with you. I think she understands. If she were sitting in my office and I said, why does your mother not buy you a new outfit every other day or even every other week? She'd say, well, because, and then she would explain it. And then you would fall over and I'd get smelling salts because I would revive you because you'd think, I didn't know she thought that. Well, of course she thinks that. She doesn't agree with you. That's why you're having this problem. I think the most straightforward thing to do is just to say, we've talked about this before. We're not going to go into it again. And end it. End the conversation. Oh, she'll nag you. She'll keep coming at you. And you can look at her and say, you know, if you, if you nag me, if you nag me about this, it's going to be even longer between the times that I consider getting you a new outfit. You got to tell her that's your rule. We're not going to fight about this anymore. If you, I will buy new outfits when I can afford it and when I think it's wise. If you nag me about this, all that will happen is that the time between me buying you new outfits is going to get a lot longer. Now, will she get upset? Of course. You can't parent like your daughter wants you to parent, can you? Will she get resentful that somehow you're not keeping up with the teen chic? Could be. Could be. Most likely she'll get over it. You can't parent in fear. You can't parent in terms of if if I frustrate her too much, if somehow I affect her teen self-image, what kind of psychological ill effects are going to reverberate and for how long? You, you can't parent like that. You make a judgment. The judgment is it is unreasonable to ask for a new outfit that often. This just is. Therefore, not going to happen. 
You have to have the confidence to say that. And trust me, she understands. She just doesn't agree. My son told me once, he's 25, he says, you know, Dad, I always thought you didn't get us the, the stuff that our friends had because you couldn't afford it. He goes, no, I realize you could afford it. You just didn't. And I go, you're right, Petey. He goes, I'm, I'm glad, Dad. Thank you for joining me. I'm Dr. Ray, walk with God. Always. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Shalom Media presents Eucharistic Revival, a program that includes Holy Mass, preaching, and Eucharistic adoration. This free event will take place Tuesday, September 27th at St. Pius X Catholic Church and Wednesday, September 28th at Prince of Peace Catholic Church. Both events take place from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. For more information, contact Olivia at 210-740-1360 or visit shalommedia.org. What the Hail Roofing are proud supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. They're an Aggie Catholic, locally owned, operated, and insured contractor. More information can be found online at whatthehailroofing.com or you can call them at 210-422-2074. That's 210-422-2074. Thank you, What the Hail Roofing, for your support of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Take the next step in your relationship with Jesus and come to a Shalom Retreat September 30th through October 2nd at Our Lady of the Angels Catholic Church. This is an inner healing retreat to encourage introspection and to open hearts to experience the love of God through a healing, cleansing, and sanctifying experience. For more information, call Olivia at 210-740-1360 or visit shalommedia.org forward slash retreat. Boldly proclaiming the truths of our Catholic faith, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Thanks for listening to KJMA 89.7 Floresville, San Antonio on the Guadalupe Radio Network in South Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Catholic Radio for your soul. And also streaming on grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Conceived in the Immaculate Womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mary who became the mother of the author of life. We ask her intercession to her divine son to assist us and give power to our word and our works in bringing about a change of mind and hearts for the total and complete eradication from the face of the earth permanently of all forms of surgical abortion and chemical abortion. Bring your people to true peace with one another and with you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Get your children and grandchildren together. Class is in session. Join Tompkin, the Catholic cowboy and his sidekick, please, to learn all about the key words that make our Catholic faith so special. Visit EWTN.com slash kids for more. 